0: This is as potent a reminder that all things must pass mm. as as anything else
1: in life. The World Cup's finished. Well, on, on that theme, you said it's the first ranked cast of next season, so surely it would be this season. Oh, oh, we're having this chat on WhatsApp. Is it last season? Is it in between seasons? Is it next season? We're in some kind no, of I've horrendous having... time loop. Yep.
0: Yeah. This is something that i spent i've spent every summer thinking about of the last four years while I was writing because you'd always be writing this season or next season or last season, and I have come to the conclusion that this point that we're at right now, this is the point at which last season is last season, so the twenty seven eighteen season that's last season, and eighteen nineteen is next season. there's no season right now
1: well there you go um and in fact, as we record it's uh, only three days. Thursday, isn't it? It's like three o'clock in the morning. Friday, Friday, three o'clock Friday Um, morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. United's first game of preseason. I'm sure a United B team versus Club America in, where are they holding it? Santa Clara. Is going to be awesome. It's uh, it's all very upsetting, um,
0: but what isn't upsetting, although actually yeah, at one point it was extremely upsetting, is the the end of the World Cup, the last phase of the World Cup. I mean, the end of the fact that it's over is upsetting. But um, I think my, my theory going into the semi-finals was that what these, if as long as the semi-finals and final weren't rubbish, this would be the best World Cup of all time, and. Well, when I say all time, I mean that I remember, and the semi-finals and final were definitely not rubbish. Um, so that's it. This is I can't, I don't remember a better World
1: Cup than the 2018 World Cup for football entertainment. No. and of course the human psyche will over-index on what it's experienced most recently. But I tend to agree with you. Um, I think this has been uh, the best World Cup I can remember. Of course, it proves that uh, old Vlad is a jolly good chap and uh, all that nastiness we said about Russia. None of it was true because uh, the football was good. That's exactly how this works, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. Somebody literally said on
0: someone, one of my Facebook friends from an old workplace was like, well done to Russia for hosting such a good World Cup in the back with the backdrop of such negative press ahead of the tournament. What are you talking about? Like, that's that's you know, this is this World Cup happened as everyone says, this World Cup happened in World Cupville, yeah, not right, exactly.
1: And I actually, I thought it was very good that uh, Pussy Riot interrupted the final. I mean, you know, not that I'm advocating interrupting the final before um, Stratford end flags start having to go at me again. <laughs> Did they ever go at you about this? Or nah. just more nah, in nah. Pre- Previous chat, you know the one. Anyway, um, uh, just to remind everyone that uh, there is not freedom in Russia, and uh, this is a wonderful World Cup, uh, but there was a price to be paid. There'll be an even steeper one for Qatar, where a slave workforce has been building um, uh, the stadiums there, and many of them have died in horrible circumstances. Anyway, on that cheery note, should we talk about some football? Uh, England were good for about an hour and then got thumped by the better side. God, it was just that second half. Oh, it was so frustrating, wasn't it? Absolutely heartbreaking, heartbreaking, and frustrating. And you know, um, and then uh, you know, I like I was just why can't they play like they did in the first half? And I actually have a theory. I, um, you know. Uh, And the right back, came out afterwards and said, oh, they're just long ball side. You know, we'd heard they might have changed their ways, but they haven't. And among some very not good winning statements from some of the Croatians, and I have a theory on that one too. Anyway, the theory on the long ball stuff is I think England played too few long balls in the second half. Uh, And the thing that was really unsettling the Croatians was playing uh, those long balls into the channel, which uh, shook their uh back for out of shape constantly. Um yeah. and, and they was actually trying to play the ball too much um in the in the second periods and actually ended up getting outplayed by the better midfield. And we talked about the midfield before the uh before the tie, didn't we? And in the end it just took over. That
0: I hardly want to talk about this because it's so. It was just one of the most painful experiences I've literally ever had watching a football match. But you know, when the Trippier goal went in, a little part of my brain did think, "Oh, is this too early?" <laughs> that, that did happen, um, but I, I dismissed that as ridiculous at the time. But the thing that didn't feel ridiculous was just when they were carving open all those real good chances um, and half chances in the first half, and nothing was going in. You just thought. When Harry Kane opened his body, and I guess that was technically ruled offside, but I'm pretty sure if that had been a goal, it'd have been, barred, yeah, well, so it wasn't offside. Um, we,
1: we, we, uh, it was a kind of weird one of those weird uh, circumstances where England had um, scored. Uh, one off one shot, and then we were like, Hang on, hang on, mate, that can't be right. But of course, Harry Kane's shot on target wasn't on target because it was offside, and then the second one he hit on the post. Um, but yeah, it would have been good if he would got it in, which he really should have from two feet out. I know, I know it's tight, but Neymar can score from behind the goal, uh, from like <laughs> 60 yards away, so Harry Kane can score that from two yards. And the other one that's a, a you know, a great opportunity and, and won't have registered very high on XG was Jesse Lingard's. I mean, he bangs over. In for fun, um, and he just didn't get it. he he side footed it well wide. It was really odd, Um, yeah. He, you kind of, you're like, wait a minute, why didn't you
0: just try and smash that into the top corner? You're Jesse Lingard, like, um, but yeah, it was. You know, in the end, it felt like a game and a bit of quality too far. Well, for England, of course, and we saw that, that in the third half. place
1: playoff where England got, oh, yeah. you know, massively outplayed. Apart from sort of, you know, twenty minutes in the second half when England did push yeah. forward and and Belgium took a bit of breather. You know, as, as soon as they then wanted to attack, they started carving England open, and and so there's just it's not lots and lots of players like it was two or three years ago. It's three or four um you yeah, know really high quality players and then England will be extremely competitive right at the top I was browsing through Instagram stories after
0: the football and um a friend of the show Alex Dixon I, I was surprised to find my voice coming out of his Instagram stories and he'd shared a little clip of the podcast where I'd said it's already come home um and I'm glad he shared that because I'd have forgotten I said that but I I that's definitely how I feel like a about this like that that was as marcus rashford said in that beautiful facebook post um gareth southgate gave a nation its love of football and connection with football back you know and that's that's a big thing and and the fact that it ultimately ended in really serious disappointment in a way that's you know, glorious disappointment has been, was what we grew up expecting from England, but that's been a lot, that's not been anywhere near the agenda No, recently, no, it, it. it's
1: been glory-less disappointment for the last few tournaments, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the weird reaction from around the world to the it's coming home sort of Phenomenon, <laughs> movement, and, and the deep, deep misunderstanding, you know, presented by the Croatian players at least as a, a an arrogant belief that we'd already won the final, and um, uh, you know, I it was it's kind of I was, when Modric came out first and said. You know, we uh, we did this because all the English press had were were claiming they'd already won it, and we were tired, and uh, it, it was done. And they'd already, you know, they they were bringing it home already, and it motivated us. I was, I was like, is this a narrative that exists only in his head? But of course, um, uh, uh, Rakitic said something very similar to and then Velasco, um as well, and I was like, hmm. And then even Pogba side mocking it in in one of his. Uh, Instagram posts afterwards so I think there's a misunderstanding that um, they didn't understand that this is an England side that has had zero success in 20 odd years Um, and uh, a hint of success had given some hope um and it wasn't so much uh belief that the trophy was actually coming home but uh you know a joyous moment and a bit of silliness to be had in in the moment of england actually having some kind of resurrection anyway um exactly deeply misunderstood but yeah interesting that people just don't get that you have to base this
0: this is an experience i'm sure you've had we've definitely had it from the show i definitely had it a lot back on on in in the twitter days um But people do not understand that English people are almost always joking. If an English person says, and they're not a terrible... If a non-terrible English person says something and you think it's really weird that they've just said that, they were probably joking. It's it's you know it's coming home essentially was um, a joke that turned into a joyous potential yeah. reality that everyone enjoyed for a minute. You
1: know? I I used to have a um, a boss was uh, from Asia and uh, just could not get English banter at all. I mean, um, all right, you old, <laughs> you're looking fat and old today, aren't you? You know, um, that kind of thing would have been. Uh, it's you know, it's. Uh, I like you old chap. Uh aren't you a fine old chap today? Good to see you, sir, you know. Um was basically what that means. But she was like, Do I have to call HR? You've called him a fat old c-? <laughs> <laughs> That's two if you're counting Tom, that's two beeps. You've fat, yeah, no, I, I should, oh, I, should I shouldn't I shouldn't ones. fat shame.
0: You're right. Um so anyway, it was it was uh a, a, di- a distinctly plucky effort from England, and then just it all properly fell apart in that second half, and they really lost their shape, and the weakness in midfield was was kind of brutally exposed, oh, yeah. and yeah. Croatia absolutely a hundred percent deserved the win in the on the balance of play of the game. They
1: certainly did, and, and Modric was brilliant, and and Rakitic brilliant too, um, and Mandzukic showed what sort of top class forward play is, Harry Kane, take note, maybe golden boot winner, but he really didn't have a good tournament. Um, that's the worst.
0: That is easily the worst golden boot win of all time, isn't it? Like, oh, without no, question. What was he called?
1: Savchenko scored five goals in one game once and, and was joined. Selenko, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and uh, I'm, like, ruining all the names today. Um, <laughs> but we Last week when I said I didn't think Henderson had been that good, you you were horrified. <laughs> You're challenging me to a duel, <laughs> sir. I demand satisfaction. Um, We've got a lot of that left to come in the show, yeah. by the way, we haven't talked about France yet. Yeah, that's right. Um, he had an absolute stinker against Croatia. I think he was completely found out. And um, He was good in the first half. Oh, I don't know. He's just... He's the English version of of, you know, a defensive midfielder, runs around a bit, but with no real purpose to it. I just, you know, and he runs funny as well because he's got that kind of gait problem. (laughs) Um, So let's uh, let's talk about the other
0: semi-final where France did... Maybe that's maybe the performance of the tournament, I think. They nullified maybe the most Defensive threatening thing in the tournament.
1: Performance.
0: <laughs> so. No, they were they were they were they, you know, they also looked pretty dangerous. Oh, going forward
1: we we're gonna disagree about France well, they a lot won. in this year. Yeah, no, no, of course they won, you know, but but France is for me, France is they look like a Mourinho side, but one of the better Mourinho sides. Not you know, not the yeah. Park in the Bus Mourinho side. The the kind that just plays on the break, and and I think they would play on the break against a pub side that they'd be expected to win thirty nil against, um, because that's the like only Everton. way they never play on the front foot. I mean, against Belgium, they had thirty five percent possession. Um, same again in the final. And same again in the final. Yeah, you know, and and they were better in the semi than in the final. They. Like, I mean, seriously could have been well down in the first half um, in that final and perhaps the game would have been gone from them, you know. But their, their game plan throughout the tournament is to be super tight at the back, score from uh, set pieces or breaks or balls over the top um, and it suited their players perfectly um, and they've had a game plan that's been very effective. You know, I I don't think there'll be too many... People in twenty years' time, outside of France or French affiliates or the sons of French people, who will get misty-eyed about this team because they just don't. History doesn't really look that kindly on teams that just play quite structurally conservatively and then on the break, you know. But they're very, very effective at it.
0: This is this is the thing that I that I find a little bit annoying, frankly, about the take that somehow this France side have been some sort of disappointment in this world cup like because because of the style of play because to me they've they've first of all like they've scored four goals in two of the knockout stages which i i know is is to an extent an accident of statistics in a way but it, it is also a reflection of how electrifying they are on the break and and they've got such wonderful defenders, particularly central defenders, and they've got N'Golo Kante. So they're so, that you know, as blessed as they are with incredible attacking talent, they're also blessed with really remarkable defensive talent. Yeah,
1: but, but this and, has been our and, argument all along. I say they're not a great side and really for all the talent they've got, they could be on the front foot more and, and the way they play is pretty conservative and it's not that exciting. And your retort is always, oh, but look at all these players, right? But that's not the point. I'm saying my frustration with them, they've got all these magnificent players. They're blessed with so much talent in every single position. Um, and they may even be, despite being world champions, less than the sum of the parts as a result. But so, I mean, you have just profoundly
0: mischaracterized the argument I was making because the first thing I said was that I found them thrilling and exciting to watch. So uh, that, that's... Uh, my argument here is actually about the fact that I have not found this iteration. I'm talking about from the knockout stages onwards. I have not found this front side dull at all. I've not found, I mean, yes, they've been structurally conservative, but as a result of, I mean, I'm, I'm hardly a- arguing for like park the bus anti-football here because that stuff I really don't like. But this version of football where you're incredibly solid defensively and absolutely deadly on the break i have found written out partly obviously this is because i have a rooting interest in france but i do think there's also been a couple of games which really have borne out how exciting that can be
1: um so so hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure i even buy I, that last bit you know because argentina were a complete mess uh total total mess you know uh, uh defensively and and croatia they were deeply unlucky to be two down, not like two have conceded two in the first half. I mean, you can chalk both of those off, uh, and there's a whole, a whole slew of referees and pros would would you know agree with that sentiment. Um, so, so were they in moments they were stunning in moments i just don't think it's yeah. it's been yeah but that's it it's it's just in moments and details and um you know united maybe united do a similar thing this season and start winning a few more games like that and i think if we united might pr- still feel like mm, there could be something more from this if united play
0: like if, if united have as many moments of unbelievable quality as France had in this World Cup and I don't mean as many moments because it, there's only like seven games in a World Cup but I mean you know if they have as many moments per game of extreme quality as France had in the knock, ex, knockout stages of this tournament and we're complaining about the style of play at the end of the season if we win the league I think we want our heads looking at because
1: mm. well I put this one to there just to I, get I think, a sense that I wasn't being a nutcase can I, here and, can I, and can I, can, okay sorry carry on. Okay. So I, I put this one to Twitter just to you know, just to check. I wasn't, you know, like, you know, this isn't an ed thing only. And and I would say this is generally the sentiment, which is why I'm saying I think in twenty years' time no one's getting misty eyed about this team. Outside of so, France. Ah. Uh,
0: I just I, I get I get what you're saying. But this isn't a team that set out to ruin
1: every game of football they played. No, 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 in but I'm not saying And that, make it scrappy and ugly. <laughs> I know, I'm it's, not saying that either. I'm, uh, I'm no, saying they are less than some of the parts. And uh,
0: you, you, uh, you did call them bus parking anti football Easters. Wow, <laughs> I get that was a joke. I, I, I may have been, you know,
1: jibing you a little bit there. I mean, the anti football yeah. Easter's bit is, you know, actually, funny, is, um, funny thing is, Belgium and Croatia both accused them of being that after their, their respective defeats, you know. And I'm not saying that France aren't um, thrilling in moments when Mbappe has the ball, you know, a 60 yard ball over the top for Mbappe to chase, 60 yard ball from a uh, player at the tournament. Ish, almost, not quite. Paul <laughs> Pogba yeah. uh, to oh, Mbappe man. is, you know, is a thrilling moment. But when that is basically the only game plan, or get a free kick and have the big lad up front, you know, not score, but the big <laughs> lad at the back actually score, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I find them just a bit one dimensional. And, uh, you know, there are, there are, <laughs> I, the, the Spain side of 2010 was just far superior for me, just far superior. Um, and I know that's oh. just my perspective. But it might be, yeah. I might be in time, a uh, widely held one. We'll see. Sh- oh. Of course, they Surely. to cement Surely. their legacy, what they're going to have to do, of course, is in the uh, 2020 Euros, they're going to have to come to Wembley and beat Gareth Southgate's mighty England side. I mean, final of the Euros and
0: then win the World Cup the next time around... That's not too shabby, is oh, it? Oh no, no, like, sure, a- absolutely,
1: yeah. Mourinho won a lot De of trophies. Does étoiles. well, Does étoile. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but much of Mourinho's career was defined by making pretty remarkable football teams. Like the problem with Mourinho's United isn't that they're too much like Mourinho's Chelsea in two thousand and five. No, 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 no got your hands off for
1: Mourinho's Chelsea in two thousand and five at United. But but and, and remember Mourinho's 2004 to 6 Chelsea side was also accused of the same thing. Not bus parking, yeah. like I don't think the term had even been created then, but but you know, something mm. not quite that exciting about them.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said maybe that maybe I'm just blinded by I the, the individual I know this is the argument that you're that, you kind of dismissed earlier but I'm I'm making I think this is a very relevant argument that the individual brilliance was enough to make them kind of thrilling to watch often enough and that the structured defensive platform they built was an, a perfect platform for that individual brilliance to shine. Oh, sure. Because it's it's a very
1: effective. I mean, and plus, they basically played this honour with 10 men because Olivier Giroud was up front for <laughs> six out of <laughs> the seven games. and He's absolutely <laughs> abysmal. And the, um,
0: the 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 final point I wanted to make, which... I'm not saying this is any kind of definitive argument, but it is rattling around my brain a lot, which is look what happened to every other collection of talented individuals at this World Cup. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. France won the World Cup, Spain, Brazil, Germany, even Argentina, massive flops at the tournament in one way or another. I know this France side
1: is the, the antithesis of a collection of individuals. They're, uh, they're certainly uh, you know, a team. That's, that's not the point I'm making at all
0: mm and i what what i'm the point that I'm making is that um the galvanizing of individuals that talented into an effective team like that's why they won the world cup and and so even you could say, oh well, maybe it would have been better if they'd played on the front foot more. And I'm, I'm I don't fundamentally disagree with that as a statement, except to say that maybe they wouldn't have won the World Cup if they played on the front foot more. Mm,
1: I don't know. You know? I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying that one because that's the uh, no, that's that's the argument that's uh, used against Mourinho parking the bus at Anfield. <laughs> and but two, and two episodes d- ago.
0: Two episodes ago, I argued that my problem with Deschamps, I said my problem with Deschamps isn't one of kind of philosophy and like the kind of football I like to see in inverted commas. It's that my uh, instinct is that this this is going to not be the way to get the best results out of France. But what's happened is he's won the World Cup. So I feel like I have to eat a degree of humble pie on that and say... Okay, well, yeah, obviously there was a great deal of luck. But, you know, even that point you made about, like, Croatia could have been two up, and they absolutely could. I, that You you know, I, that that penalty, I guess we've got to talk about VAR again, but that, that penalty was very questionable at best. And um, But once they were, once they had scored two goals, the third and fourth goal, which really won them the World Cup, were absolutely brilliant. I mean, the pass for Pogba in the lead up to his own goal from Pogba and the lead up to his own goal was what well, maybe the pass of the tournament you know so sure, they, on, yeah. they 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 played some great football this is this is my thing basically i think the the idea that like no one's going to get misty eyed about them is is almost like people are overreacting to something they should get misty eyed about them because some of the football this france team played attacking football and defensive football was as good as we've seen played since Spain,
1: not in 2010, but in 2008. Yeah, maybe. Always reactive. And I think that's my um, my challenge. And always, always. Like, it's always a reaction. So, um, you know, all, like almost never is it coming from them pressing their style on, on somebody else. But look, this is Deschamps. He's the coach. That's his coach. You know, he's coaching philosophy. And, and fair enough, it's uh, it's one in the World Cup. You know, like details, we've talked a awful lot in the kind of meta picture here. Details, the... Uh The first goal from the free kick. I mean, it's it's obviously a dive. He's anticipated the the foul and just expected it to come in. The ref has bought it, but we've seen that millions of times over the year. I'm kind of surprised. Why isn't that referred back to VAR? Because for me, that's an obvious error, clear and obvious. And it's
0: just free 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 kicks that
1: are not. They're just not. But even though it leads to goals. Yeah, yeah see, well, that's, that's that, a great question. You see, yeah. that's wrong for me, you know, for scored from something they probably shouldn't have done. And then the penalty, I mean, you know, you'll get plenty of people arguing that as a penalty because the ball has moved towards the hand, but uh, I think he's... Because the hand's moved towards the ball. The hand game. has moved towards the ball. Um, yeah. uh, I think that's just, that is totally natural. So the the two qualifiers, right, so it has to be deliberate, right? one the two qualifiers then are does the hand move to the ball move towards the ball this is the bit that's written, written in the notes for law 12 um and is the and is in a natural position so you know i think it's perfectly natural to jump up and your arms go up with you you know and they sort of come down and he, as he's sort of coming back down and i and like the more fundamental one he's just been blinded by the france player in front of him but anyway extremely yeah. unlucky
0: it, I, I agree. I, I really do. I mean, I think the counter-argument is that there is, there is a reading of that that really did look like he saw the ball coming and flapped his arm towards it as quickly as he could. But I'm not, I'm not
1: convinced by that argument at all. No. Um, I mean, in order to and, believe and the he, argument, which is the one the ref must have believed, um, for him to say it's the deliberate handball, you, you then have to kind of like shut yourself off from the reality of football. Because at what point? Why? Why? What What would be the benefit to him for blocking it at that point? You know, it's a loop to yeah, ball in. It
0: wasn't, so. Yeah, it was it wasn't going anywhere really, was so. it? I mean, it's just a, it, It's like a bad defensive reaction in, in that way. But then, you know, we've seen like Samuel Antiti punched a ball for no reason earlier in the tournament. Kai, um, Kyle Walker nearly took that Tunisian lad's head off, didn't he? Yep. But yeah. Again, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but for not any good reason.
1: Phil Jones against Eden Hazard in the FA Cup final. Yeah. People make defensive decisions. People, people when do they don't do stuff. So, by the way, I don't think that's a VAR problem. I think it's just a bad referee error. And he's had yeah. an awful long time. I mean, he can't even say he's had to make a split decision then. He's he's taken a minute to look at it, perhaps longer. Yeah. And then he's gone back. And he still thinks that's a penalty. I was like, geez, uh, yeah. not a VAR problem. The first one I think is a VAR problem because if you're going to have VAR, why not expand it to anything that leads up to a goal? The problem is, though, I mean, I
0: there is a problem to solve there, which is that do you do it before the before every free direct free kick is taken No, only when the goal scored, I think. Because well, then, then you're only checking rubbish. a very then...
1: small percentage of them.
0: But you've got so much time, but when between the direct free kick being given and it being taken, that to then have like all the, the it,
1: theatre of a goal yeah, from know, a direct but it free with kick the and then you do the check, it took ages for that to be referred. To. You know the time from there's the playing, they're playing. I mean, and and with no, the free but, kick, it's one phase of play, so it's it's not yeah, a, but, it's not impacting on the game itself. You know, no. But then, but it's
0: such a it's such a like the biggest problem with var potentially really apart from people getting the decisions wrong which that's fine that's going to happen the biggest problem with var is the anti-climax of a goal scored and celebrated and then ruled out and i feel like i would much rather they checked every direct free kick since they're just sat there in a room anyway i'm not talking about the ref going and looking at his little screen i'm talking about them doing the quick var check on the free kick um before the free kick's taken so that you don't mm. bang one top bins after kind of seeing minutes of waiting around for walls to be formed, Shh. and then they go, okay, let's check this for VAR.
1: Sure, no, no, but you can do it as. Right, so the free kick's called. Um, they're setting up. It's going to take the majors to set up. While that's happening, the VAR team can look at it. Does this look right? Then, or not? Is well, there a clear call, and an obvious call, error?
0: But then well, then call it back before they take the free. Yeah, hit. yeah, like, no. If yeah, they them do it yeah, yeah sure. If
1: they hit. do it fast enough. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean look, yeah, why that's, not? That's I, I actually think the theatre of the referee going over to the touchline is ridiculous. You know, you've got a qualified referee who's looking at the video. Let him call it. I I don't think that's the problem because um in uh, in cricket they do the same thing when the 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 video umpire has just as much power as the on the field umpires. Um, they have some parameters, right? You know, um, uh, it can it could stay with the umpire's decision. You know, depending on the ball, that's the ball tracking. Um, uh, in um, in uh, rugby league, they do the same thing. Actually, rugby union, no rugby league, they do the same thing. The video referee has just as much power as the on the field ref. You know, why? If you're going like, to do this, might as well fix all the problems. You know, so anyway. Far, I'm, I'm sick of far, and I'm glad that we won't have far in the Premier League this season. It doesn't doesn't solve all the problems, so it creates new ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've had endless discussions about this, and you've accused me of what <laughs> um, which I was profoundly offended by. Yeah, um, getting old, trump
1: on me, you were
0: uh... the the. The flip side of that argument to say like oh it's it hasn't solved all the problems and it's created some new problems like there is a solid flip side to that argument which is it has solved quite a number of problems and maybe has still well definitely still has some big wrinkles to be sorted out but like this world cup we're talking about this World Cup as being potentially the best of all time. And I don't think it's a total coincidence that VAR was involved in that. Like, I think some some big decisions were right that would have
1: otherwise been wrong. And there was something really nice about that. I mean, I I certainly agree that some big decisions were righted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether having a beta product out there in the world's biggest tournament—I <laughs> <laughs> so really don't know whether this is the yeah, testing was, ground for technology yeah. that isn't isn't quite right. But you know, anyway, <laughs> this will go on and on. Do we have VAR in the Champions League this year? Uh, uh, no, no idea. You don't know. It, it was. Um,
0: the World Cup final then. So the, the two semifinals, I thought uh, Belgium... Actually, Belgium really struggled to impose themselves. Uh, people hammering Romelu Lukaku for basically, what, two bad first touches maybe? Um, like, it, nobody notices when Romelu Lukaku's first touch is good. It's ridiculous. And I'm not talking about, like, the real baddies. I'm not talking about the anti-Sterling male sun types. I'm talking about, like... um cool hipster young football fans who've decided that Romelu Lukaku has a bad first touch and therefore must be pilloried for it he's so good he didn't have a brilliant game but he had a very very good tournament he was absolutely immense against Brazil in particular yeah um but uh Hazard, was uh, was also amazing in that game and slightly less effective against France. But I thought France's central defenders were brilliant in the game against Brazil in a way that they weren't against Croatia. When when actually that first half, I thought France looked genuinely shaky and Croatia were probably a little profligate. I haven't looked at the data, but that was certainly my experience of watching it live. It felt like Croatia were bang on top and probably should have been making more of the advantage that they had in that in
1: that first half. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, they they were seriously on top until the goal, uh, yeah. the first goal, and uh, that clearly took some of the wind out of their sails. And it took them a while to establish that kind of dominance again. But you know, in terms of football, they they played most of it, um, and you know, and this is a clash of styles, of course. Um, it's uh, when you play like France do. Deschamps won't give a sausage about that kind of argument that Croatia had the ball and they were playing the better football because he didn't mm. want the ball. He doesn't want the ball. He, you know, thirty yeah. to thirty-five percent possession is what he's looking for. He's looking for everything in the transition. Um, um, and and so yeah, you know, as long as he's happy with his back four and they aren't conceding goals, then what does it matter? Uh, I suppose, I but just, they were the, playing the, nice football.
0: And I, I'm not. I was. I was talking about. Um, I wasn't really talking about them having the ball and passing it around nicely. I was talking about them looking actually dangerous. Oh sure. Like like yeah, like Virat and Umtiti were not. On their game in the way they, they looked, maybe even a little bit nervous. was I mean, a World Cup final. If you can't be nervous for the World Cup final, when can you be? I mean, but then someone, of course, who wasn't nervous for the World Cup final was Paul Lebeau Pogba, Manchester United's um, fourth ever active player on, on, you know, player at United to win a World Cup after um, Charlton and Nobby Stiles and that lad who was on the bench for England in 1966. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, an absolutely brilliant performance uh from Pogba again superb defensively as he was i mean he was he was amazing against belgium and if it wasn't for mbappe's kind of devastating brilliance you would you'd give him man of the match to pogba all day every day i thought
1: yeah um, i've seen but, a lot of um i mean he's had a, obviously he's had a, a very very good tournament pogba um, and, uh, he, you know, he, in the six games he's played, I think he's been excellent in all of them. Um, I, I've seen some kind of narrative develop that, you know, why can't he play like this for Manchester United? He does. He does frequently. Mm-hmm. The problem is that over a 50-game season, he also has some bad ones. Um, and yeah. I guess we'd like him to be at a, an 8 out of 10 every single week, um, and maybe that's what you know separates the top 3 players in the world from everyone else and maybe he'll get there but you know the amount of criticism he gets for not being an 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 every single week is ridiculous yeah and it must be amazing for him to
0: you know having having been on the receiving end of so much um criticism including from noted Thatcherite Graham Sooness. Google it, lads. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: he, uh, did you see um, Suness's post match? Uh, he was on BN Sports. Uh, he didn't really, ma- he didn't really sense. mention didn't. Pogba by name, but uh, I did think it was funny because it was a, you know, it was a pretty uh, easy trope for everyone to uh, kind of pull out that Souness would be struggling with this one. I mean, he looks like he's he's having a talk about the game after being told his entire family had been killed. You know, it's through gritted teeth he hated it.
0: He should be genuinely ashamed of himself, not just as a person, which he should be, but as a pundit. He should be ashamed of how wrong he is. You know, when, when. Not that obviously, I'm not a pundit on Graham Sooners' level or whatever. But you know, when when I say something really stupid on this podcast and it turns out to be wrong, I always feel like if I remember it, I'll always try and apologise for it. But Graham Sooners is—he should be ashamed of yeah. saying that Paul Pogba I should mean, be on the know, bench I, for France.
1: I, I, <clears throat> I don't want to go straight to the obvious, but but I don't think this is a neutral opinion, lads. <laughs> I, just, I just don't.
0: No, right. I mean absolutely. Absolutely. Killian Mbappe, high fiver of uh protesters, uh, goal scorer in the World Cup final, surely nailed on to be the most expensive player in the world at some time in the next
1: two seasons or whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean he's uh he answered in the press conference after the World Cup that would he be at PSG? And he said, absolutely. Of course, you know, there, there's other stuff that could stop that happening. I I, I suspect PSG being French-ish uh, um, would sell Neymar um, before they had to not uh, action their clause on, on Mape. I suspect. Especially after, after this World like never mind the
0: French part, but after this World Cup, Mbappe's the hot property, isn't that's he? Right. That's right. I mean,
1: there's a question for Mbappe. Does he really want to play in Ligue 1 for the rest of his life? Yeah, because I mean, he's really just hope, waiting I for really the Champions League, not. the 12 Champions League games or whatever he gets to play, if PSG actually ever do anything. I really hope that what he decides is that, basically, he just absolutely loves really good ship canals. Yeah, yeah. No, no, what he loves <laughs> is Mourinho ball because it works for him. Where, true, where better actually. to get Mourinho ball than the inventor of Mourinho ball? I've been, like, doing this running gag, which
0: I think I stole from somewhere all the way, I can't remember where, all the way through the tournament of Liberté-Egalité-Mbappé since the, since the Argentina game. So it was nice seeing him actually stand for Liberty and Egalité after uh, when he high-fived um, the protesters. It was, it was nice. I mean, obviously, I don't think he knew who they were. I'm going to assume. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's super clued up. But, you know, still...
1: Well, you know they're not um, unknown, are they? Pussy, right? They've no, been doing true. prison time, and they will be doing um, more talk- prison time, I suspect. Talking
0: of prison time, which is a thing we definitely shouldn't joke about, um, Hugo Lloris should probably be
1: sent to prison for that. Wow, I mean, <laughs> Pro- it's really, really fortunate for him that that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We nearly, we've got through 40 minutes of this show without even mentioning that it happened. I know. I mean, he's actually had a good tournament. I I don't think I'd call him goalkeeper of the tournament even so, but there'd been a very good shout for it. Um, But definitely not after that. That's ruined it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: Uh, It was. Oh, dear. Deary me, Hugo. And he really has had a good tournament, especially on the back of like a pretty poor Premier League season by his standards. Um that was just that was just absolutely calamity. He's done a he's fully done a carrier and and so you know, Karius is catching. Um, so this is clearly a thing that happens. A thing in major that Karius doesn't cell. do, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh god! You, like, it's, <laughs> I, I feel sorry for him because he's been playing preseason games and he's been making absolute ricks in the preseason games, and oh, it's all over no. Twitter. Uh, that concussion um, is lasting an awful long time, lads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, the uh, the the yeah. The other thing that doesn't happen in major finals is uh Anton Griezmann scoring a penalty, so I was proper nervous, but when he when he scored it, I went pretty nuts. Um, watched this with friend of the show, Darren Richmond, in a pub in central London before going to see Paul Simon in Hyde Park, which was really good. Um but the bit that I properly lost it for was when Pogba scored. Just just the feeling of kind of, I don't know, the, the redemption arc of it all. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, Mourinho's treated him so ridiculously this season and, and he has put in some mm-hmm. good performances for, for us, but
1: he hasn't been able to be consistent. I, I imagine uh, lifting the World Cup, um, being one of the players of the tournament, um, uh, you know, winning the plaudits of everyone worldwide and then looking back and realising you got dropped for Scott McTominay.
0: <laughs> Manage's player of the season
1: Jose Mourinho's player of the World Cup definitely yeah, right. so how was Art Godfunkle's, uh less talented uh, ex-partner <laughs> I mean I mean
0: of all the untrue things you've ever said on this podcast um, Art's got a lovely singing voice but we know where the talent is don't we I and mean, he was absolutely brilliant actually he was he was really, really magnificent. This is his, his last tour. Um, unless that turns out to be a lie, lie. Um that's a bit Paul Simon humour for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It depends
1: whether he needs cash or not, normally.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like a boxer. Um anyway, uh, he he definitely doesn't need the cash. He's donated all the cash from this tour. And he's Paul Simon. Can't imagine why what circumstances he'd need cash. But yeah, he was really good. Talking of really good. Should we attempt to put together a best 11 of the World Cup? Yeah. Um all right. A... You're going to hear typing while we do this, listeners, because I want to try and write this down. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all sure. right. Um,
1: well, goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Who are the candidates then? Um, Lloris Pickford. Lloris Pickford. Courtois. Courtois um, n- not Big Dave, unfortunately. He did his uh, hopes of uh, ruining a transfer to Real Madrid. The world of good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's cuz it's cuz once the real madrid manager had
0: left he wasn't bothered about impressing anyone anymore that's right uh, any any other goalkeepers really stand out i mean the guy no. the 45 year old guy stood out because he was the egyptian guy because he was 45 but he only played one game yeah and they lost De- to definitely not Neuer.
1: he had a rick as well yeah <laughs> i had a really strange decision now. i know i mentioned it before but he hadn't played for a year and he suddenly comes straight back into the team against ter stegen Bonafide, one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. Really, that's
0: the really, really, really weird thing about it, isn't it? It was, it was because it's not like you know, it's not like I don't know, putting De Gea straight back in the side after Romero has had the gloves for a year. This is, this is like. To Stegen, one of the best, you know. So yeah, very, very strange. But he's Germany captain. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Jordan Pickford. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just biased. Maybe I'm inclined to try and reward some England players for their brilliant run. But I, I thought Pickford was excellent. Yeah, really. All right, all, all right. Uh, the patriotic choice, uh... <laughs> Courtois with with a, I, I would definitely be second because of what Lloris did in the final, I guess.
1: You, yeah, yeah, that, that's a you know you, you're on for a a, a nine point five or whatever the ice skating equivalent is, and uh, you've fallen on your ass big time, and you've got a four there, so out of the reckoning. Yeah, so again, patriotic,
0: but I think correct. Well. Actually, doubly patriotic, because I think the contenders for best right-back of the tournament are basically Benjamin Pavard, which nobody would have been said that in a million years, but Kieran Trippier, I Yeah, think and, and, is, and Pavard's got bad hair. Bad, bad hair, bad hair. I don't hair. get it. Bad I, bad, I genuinely don't get this. I get some he's, of he's your got, hair he's got comments. He's got a Mark Hughes
1: haircut. Right? Look, check the curls, right? He's got the curls, but he's flattened it with grease, right? Except he doesn't even have the, the flicky thing at the back to go for the full kind of mod rocker look. It's 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 wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. <laughs> I like this. I like that you've thought about it. But Kieran Trippier. Trippier has that, had a, a great pick, tournament, right? and he's uh, he'll be your dead ball specialist as well. Because um, boy, does he put in a good free kick, corner, or uh, cross.
0: That goal he scored. The the. I mean, I know I said earlier I was like had a little moment of oh dear, is this too early? But that came after a lot of jumping around and. It's coming home in, in my house.
1: Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, central defenders, well, I mean, both the French lads had uh, excellent tournaments. Um, Titi yeah, and Harry, Maguire and Harry Maguire's had English. an excellent tournament as well. what, what formation are we playing here? Are we playing a yeah, uh, three at the oh, back or, a, you know, a, good old British four four two? 4 oh, Well, it's a good old British three at the back nowadays. No, that's right. Although I it still Yerimina. is a bit static think, as a three at the back, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Mina has to be Colombian.
0: In the conversation as well, yeah. Because yep. I thought, I mean, he scored three goals in three games. Obviously, that's not what he's in the team for. But I thought he was defensively absolutely magnificent, and basically the reason England didn't win that game in normal time was Yerimina's extraordinary dealing with England set pieces for a lot of that. That's right. So, so I'd almost be tempted to go with, like, a back three of the two French guys and Mina.
1: Ooh, are you saying, are you saying old Slabhead isn't in here? I, that's actually well, Patriot. Are we, gonna, are we having three England players in our they back They did four? make it to the, the yeah. semi-finals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, that's true. All right, what about Varane, Mina and Maguire?
1: Ooh. Or Umtiti? Mean, no, it's... Varane's a better player than Umtiti. No, I mean, I know he's a better player, had but a better tournament performance at the... I mean, his performance yeah, in the M- semi-final M-
0: was uh, outstanding. So was Mtiti, But Mtiti did that punchy thing in the Australia game. So yeah, that's that's mm. Doctor. We, we can come now. back and
1: check whether we really believe this later. Left back's a tough okay. one because Hernandez, I really don't think much of. But he's had, uh, no. but you know, he he hasn't had to. He's had. To, he's he's not been an outlet um, for France. It's. So much rolling around as well. He's losing losing points for rollies. (laughs) Actually young, he's had a good tournament but not a great tournament. I mean, pretty good for a 33-year-old, mind you. Um, I mean, probably
0: a better World Cup than... Almost anyone thought Ashley Young would have had if we were having this discussion
1: a season and a half ago. Uh, Nasser Chadli had a lot of very excellent games. Um, uh, he, but it, how many games did he play? Uh, no, he played. He played seven. He played in all of them. Um, oh. And and do you know what? A nice statistic on this one. Uh, he played seven games for West Brom last season as well. <laughs> All right. I mean, which is Cadley? which is quite quite unbelievable. Um we've had to park that one. I'm gonna have a think during the, during this. The other thing that I was thinking is we should
0: potentially have um a Uruguay player in the back four, but it would be one of the central defenders and I I don't think they would take any of those spots. No.
1: And the other player that's been really excellent, I think, is is Belgium's Thomas Mounier, who's um a very, very fine attacking. Uh, player uh, missed the game yeah, through suspension and missed one through not playing it so um, he's not having trippy. he's spot not though. in Trippier's spot though so yeah
0: alright here's my pitch for a midfield three okay I, I we're going 5-3-2 because we've got three at the back now yep. Um
1: Modric Pogba
0: I want to say Kante <laughs> I
1: mean <laughs> yeah I think that's fair enough I mean it's definitely none of the England midfielders Um, as hard as Lingard's the best of the England midfield for sure Uh, but I mean it's it's not much to pick from Um, Pogba and Modric definitely Kante's been the best defensive midfielder in this tournament
0: what what about I mean that was also also, unless you're counting
1: Maran Fellaini's uh, Witzel's had an excellent tournament by the way but he's he's not the the same player as Kante and hasn't had as good a tournament as Kante but yeah, yeah Fellaini for his cameo yeah, that one game. That's right. At, well, the, the cameo against Japan. But
0: that's enough for his fans, right? What What about someone like Inouye? Or, you know, what, someone from, a, from a, a team that didn't make it to the... Sure. the, the, the all the way. Bench Instead on the bench, in,
1: but, you know. Yeah,
0: OK, we'll, yeah, we'll, have, we'll have a bench. Uh, you'd you'd, so, you'd, so,
1: you'd be, be struggling to justify, you know, a ahead of Kante. I mean, really.
0: I think... Now, I think now we're starting to enter the zone of it being extremely difficult because my my initial thinking would be something like Cheryshev, Mbappe and... Oh, of course, one we
1: have to mention in the midfield state, Golovin had an excellent tournament as well for Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe he should have Kanto spot. No, no, he's more attacking. I mean, I know...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there's I don't mean he would play there in I mean in the team of the tournament you, you we've got three midfield players i mean did golovin play in midfield or did he kind of play up front no he played in midfield but it's yeah it's a half position but yeah yeah all right so so then up front i've gone for a front three of and mbappe and eden hazard that's my kind of initial
1: pitch. and we got too many I mean, players we're 12 there Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got two up front. So All right, I mean, so I'm gonna he's going to have to be in. Let's let's drop Kante. And, and, and we can't put Caning because he's has a dog of a tournament. Even though he's got oh, six goals, no rounds. way. How he's... many? How many? He scored three penalties, one off his heel, one header yeah, at the back two, post, two headers against Tunisia from like two yards
0: out. Yeah, each of them, amazing. Or was the first one might not have been a header actually. So I reckon we have Hazard. We drop. We play Hazard just ahead of Pogba and Modric. Um, and then have Cherishev and Mbappe up front.
1: So you're dropping Kante for Hazard. Hazard got to be, in. he's, yeah, he was very close he's to the player of to. the tournament, yeah.
0: I think, I think, hard De Bruyne, because he's also had
1: an excellent tournament.
0: He wasn't, he was, uh, not uh, as De Bruyne excellent. Bruyne was quite bad against France, yeah, I thought, yeah. Like, I thought he made the wrong decision a lot. Plus, of times. he's got
1: a very funny skin color. I mean, I'm really worried for him. His blood pressure is just <laughs> off, it's, uh, it's, it's off the scale. Ed. Yeah. You you can't
0: rule out players from Team of the Tournament because they're skin colour. We are not Graham
1: Sooness. I, I, I can. I'm kind of pasty white guy, so I'm allowed to rule him out on his pastiness. It's, you know, us pasty bros are allowed to do that. All right, okay.
0: So... Pickford, Trippier, Varane, Mina, Maguire, Chadley. Chadley, see, yeah, I'm annoyed about Chadley being in there because he's only in there because we need a, a, a left, left, back. left back. If we somehow pretend that Maguire could play left back. No. No, okay. All right. Pickford, Trippier, Varane, M- Mina, Maguire, Chadley. Modric, Pogba, Hazard, Cherishev, and Bappe. I mean, Chadley is so. What about having Nacho in there? At least he scored
1: that goal. Mind you, Chadley did score a pretty important yeah, goal. Yeah, but I'm not even sure Nacho is that good. I mean, if I was picking a Spain player, it'd be Isco. Yeah, no, but I'm talk- we- Nacho, didn't play, back, did, left- Nacho didn't even play. Nacho didn't even play that many. He didn't play every game, did he? He didn't play the final. Maybe not. All right,
0: I'm looking up who, statistically speaking, was the best left okay. back in the tournament. If if we go by who scored. Just, just in case. Oh, <laughs> load of players who played one game, and then weirdly, Marcelo is the only the only player that played multiple games. Nasser Chadley made Nasser Chadley. You said he played in every game. Oh, he had. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. played in six games. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, made four starts, and oh, but he only played at left back once. He played right back That's, once.
1: It, left wing yeah, back at times. Then played at midfield.
0: No, well, he was playing oh, wing yeah, back. Actually. So,
1: yeah.
0: let me make sure I've got wing backs. No, I think this includes wing backs. Are you doing the who scored no,
1: position selector thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left it's back and wing back are uh, rated differently, yeah. They're different positions. So
0: okay, I tell you what, what about Ashley Young gets in the side above Chadley? Because I think Ashley Young had a better world cup than us at Chadley. He probably
1: did, but we got too many England players. I mean That would that would only be one, two, five, three, four, six. and they'd all be in the they'd all be in the defence. Which would be fair enough. Well, maybe it may be a patriotic choice, but anyway, it's, it's a fine team. It's a, it's a Man
0: United choice. It, yeah, I'm, I'm happier with that. I'm happier with the balance of the well, sides. Maybe,
1: maybe Pickford. we should drop Vrain for Phil Jones. I mean, <laughs> um, two United players in the team tournament now.
0: <laughs> I mean, one of them may have been slightly artificially um, swung in there. Now, Modric won the official Golden Ball. Are we happy with that? Do we think? Do we think it
1: should have been one of these others? I mean, it's super close. He's obviously performed outstandingly in the knockout stages and I think that's the thing that everyone's going to remember, you know. He was really good in the
0: group stages He was too, really good too. in the group
1: stages too, yeah. Didn't play in the final yeah. one, did he, against Iceland?
0: No, that's yeah. right. Um, so didn't need him by then. I mean, I think, I think other players that are in with a shout, I think if Hazard, if Belgium had got to the final, then Hazard would definitely have been within, in with a shout. Didn't we put I him think- in the team in the end? Oh, he's in the team. I'm talking about players oh, who play you could say were well, yeah, yeah. like, no, super close to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um Pogba, I definitely think is, is part of the conversation, but he he was probably only France's best player in the final.
1: Mm. Now he's um, like mean that's you know, we, talk, we talked about Pogba turning it on for the tournament. Hazard's turned it on for the tournament. But I think Hazard's a much bigger fraud than Paul Pogba and doesn't get anywhere near the same criticism. Six years in England, and he's about had a season, about a season and a half of good football. Two and a half seasons. Two and <laughs> Maybe and a half two. Six, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it's not enough, a, is it, for a player of his so- talent? He's so good and he should definitely go to Madrid where I don't think he would be... I think he would have zero fraud time if he went to a proper club where they were like, you know, where the the level of talent around him matched his ability. I don't think he'd be a fraud in that situation. I don't think... You know what I mean? I think his big fraud... Until uh, they re-employed Jose. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Have we done a podcast since Ronaldo went to... No, we haven't. We haven't talked about it at all. Uh, stunning. What? I mean, it's like obviously not. I mean, do you get return on investment on a 33 year old for 100 million euros? No, uh, no. I believe the answer to that question is no. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe. You, I mean, genuinely, how do they afford it? I mean, um, TV rights in Italy are nowhere near what they are in England. Absolute fraction. I mean, maybe they've got a very good commercial game.
0: I mean, isn't isn't this just Ferrari and Fiat and yeah? You know,
1: like, well, no, related party payments you can't do that. Um, uh, I guess they'll probably sell a couple of players. Is probably the answer. I mean, when I was going to say the Pogba money had to go
0: somewhere, but it's gone already, isn't it? It went on Higuain, The the Pogba money. Maybe they'll sell Higuain, but they won't get anywhere near. Mm-mm. What they paid for him, but you know the other thing is, isn't Cristiano Ronaldo genuinely worth a hundred million to a club from a commercial perspective? I mean, maybe maybe I'm being naive about that. Yeah, it might doesn't... might
1: well be. Maybe this is the thing that helps break Juve into the the you know the next level of commercial deals, the kind of level of commercial deals that United are able to do. Maybe yeah, maybe this is the thing that helps globalise. I mean, the way that you know, say when Aon were. United sponsor. They talked about United having a global platform and helping to globalise their brand. Maybe Cristiano does that to Juve. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Because this is a more than a hundred-year-old club that's won like forty Serie A titles in the last seven in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. But um, you know, maybe in this kind of globalised media and sponsorship market, they need that kind of thing to help them break the you know into that next level. And and there isn't a
0: player alive. And maybe even including Messi, who is the kind of commercial powerhouse that Ronaldo is, because Ronaldo is so much... I mean, not that Messi isn't commercialised all to heck and back, because obviously he is, but, you know, Ronaldo looks the way he looks and is is completely comfortable with, you know, he, he when he signed for Juve... The top tweet on his account, the most recent tweet on his account for quite a long time after the signing had gone through, when I'm sure he knew a lot of people would be looking at his Twitter account, was some random partnership that he had, some commercial deal with someone I'd never heard of. You know, so it's he's
1: he's Mr. Mister Commerce, isn't he? Uh, he certainly is. And he'll be uh, enjoying his many millions from UVA for, what did he sign for, three or four years, something like that? Um, he, said, also, he said he's going to play till 40, and he'll score a big load of goals in uh, in Italy. They are the best team in Italy by miles and miles, and I, although it was a competitive race this year, wasn't it? Um he'll score loads, he'll score loads, as he's been scoring loads for, for Real for the last nine years. So, um, from a
0: United perspective, any kind of, like, any annoyance, any sort of, like,
1: um, <clears throat> sense that we're missing out on something? Oh, only any sense? if there was unlimited budget. I mean, if you have to play the in the real world and United have to rationalise their money and their, you know, the, the uh, yeah, Bitda cash was about 180 odd million. Of course, it doesn't directly translate to free cash flow, although it's a pretty good proxy in football terms because of the way the contracts are amortised. You know, imagine the United do that and a bit more for the next, 4 or 5 years or something like that. There's a hell of a lot of cash to play with, but still that would be like half the year's budget. Would we really want to put a half our budget on um a player that is not going to get any better than he is now and that obviously the what he is now is a very 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 high bar. Um I, I don't know. It would it it is one of those ones where you might have said if we got if we filled every position we wanted to fill, the obvious gaps in the team and the squad and you had some money over, and you didn't mind breaking the bank because you realised it would, you know, have that commercial boost, then do it.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's harder for United to get a massive commercial boost given how commercially exposed they already well, so are. Also, where's he going to go in a team? He can't, he, you know, he'd have to kick Romelu out yeah I mean, and play Romelu wide right could do cause he, yeah, sort. Yeah. like Ronaldo up front and Romelu Lukaku on the right putting in those devastating crosses just sign Kieran Trippier and then we're made <laughs> um, um, alright so last last bit of World Cup talk I guess yeah. um, I, I want to keep talking about the world cup forever. I wanted this world cup to go on forever. You know, it's happened in a heat wave in England and the next world Cup's going to be in November and December of 22 in a, in absolutely hateful circumstances. So you know, I genuinely don't think we'll be doing um, world cup coverage in the way we did for this one, for that one. Cause I feel like I'd have to just, I'd have to take a step back because you know, you, you can't just ignore how many people have died. Um, for that World Cup, I mean, I'm not saying that glorifying a a an oppressive regime is okay. It certainly isn't. But well, anyway. I sounded um, like it. All right, Nige. <laughs> um, let's let's but we'll do... start calling us, you, you know, and Sarge from now on, shall we? Listen, that's very upsetting. I'm I'm a European man. Um, goal of the tournament. That's Ooh. that's the last thing left
1: to award. Oh, this is a hard one. What, what, what so are our hard. contenders? We've got like 15 like, attempts from Cherchev, who scored <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how many ridiculous goals? Lots. Uh, the charisma, the
0: charisma, Travella, which yep. I. I saw again yesterday and I, oh, it's just amazing I mean there's the Nacho goal and the Pavar goal but I think you've got to pick one of them to yeah, be the mean, running if, and I mean
1: we had this debate before and Pavar's looks better because he's in the top corner Nacho hits it cleaner um, so it, it's probably Pavar's because it just it looks better but there's an absolute It, it, it was, was it Cheryshev who scored the banger with his left foot in the quarters it was Cheryshev Cheryshev sorry <laughs> I keep saying his name wrong don't I uh, Cheryshev Um yeah uh, I, I, what do yeah, you get? Four goals the, in the tournament,
0: and they're all worldies. It, I think three of them were. There was the outside of the boot one in the first game, yep. and then and then. But my yeah, my favourite Cheryshev goal was the one against Croatia because it just has no backlift. None. Like just he's bang, top just s- suddenly appears out of nowhere. Got to put Jesse Lingard against Panama in the conversation, Beautiful but I don't goal. think it wins. Probably not. No. Probably not the best, but like he does that every week, so we're just used to it. <laughs> Um, He didn't do it in the semi, did he? Um, uh, The Angel de Maria goal uh, in the France game. I mean, he has too much space for that to be the goal of the tournament. But it's it's definitely has to be part of the conversation, doesn't it? Um, On the BBC, they put Messi's goal against... Nigeria, Croatia, the the last game. I mean, it's a beautiful goal, but I I
1: just just have to... I'm not sure I can do that as goal of the tournament because it's a lovely piece. It's a beautifully weighted pass uh, and he takes it on the run and scores first time. You know, it's a... More dynamic version of that one that Marcello Salas scored against England at Wembley all those years back, um, and I think great goal. I but Ahmed, he does it every week. He scores better goals than that two or three times a week. So yeah, I, I don't know. I thought Ahmed Moussa's uh, version
0: of that was better as well because he took the ball on his knee, which kind of on his thigh really, and and took it on the run and then banged it into the goal. So I kind of preferred Moose's. If, if Pogba didn't have the rebound on his, that would definitely be a contender just for the incredible brilliance of the pass the, in the build-up uh, to that. But that just like gets a little bit scrappy at the end, so you can't give it to that. And if Olivier Giroud had actually scored the one where um, Mbappe uh, took the ball in with a ridiculous skill and then backheeled it through to him. Olivier Giroud, you ruined the goal of the tournament. I, I f- my favorite goal is the charisma goal. That's uh, I just think that goal is so stupid. Like th- th- there's something hilarious about the fact that that's just charisma's thing. He's just going to do it, and he did it at the World Cup, and it was
1: amazing. Uh, yeah, ah, why? Well, no, we're talking about frauds he's had a career <laughs> worth of being a fraud. Well, what a talented player he is and has never really done it. Um it's beautiful. Oh, is the one we haven't talked about, of course, Ronnie's free kick. Yeah. Uh, in the circumstances uh you know, with the in step um it still it still doesn't really curl from right to left sort of does. Uh Trippier's, yeah. Trippier's against is. Croatia Trippier's did N- yeah, another fine another fine goal. Tony Cruz, we didn't mention Oh, yeah. Threading oh, the eye of the needle. The most pointless piece of genius ever.
0: Apart from maybe Charismas. <laughs> Um because uh, it's his only move. So which one of these goals is goal of the tournament? Oh, i tempted to give it to Cherishev, you know, because in a lot of ways, Russia were the story of the tournament. And, you know, they did run an awful long way. But they also uh did some pretty wonderful things with the ball in an attacking
1: sense. Um they did. Um Hmm Ricardo Carresmas. It's totally the wrong part of his foot. <laughs> it's just outrageous. <laughs> I just wonder if he's like that in though. No, he hasn't.
0: He's done that. You can't listen, there's a lot of things you can uh accuse Ricardo Carisma of, but that not being a thing he can do isn't one of them.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean it's a wonderful piece of skill and uh and a long way out and on the run. I think that probably adds up to to uh, you know, a better goal than than the rest. All
0: right, well done. Well done to Ricardo Carisma. Um, fitting that he should have uh, one goal of the tournament for one weird moment of brilliance, given that's that's kind of who he is as a player. So that's
1: the. That's right. so we uh, are we previewing uh, like United's massive game against Club America then?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought rather than previewing
1: the specific I've done some deep, deep research. research on that game. Have you? I have I oh, don't okay. know any of their players. Uh, like they, uh, there, there when aren't when any are... there aren't any United players there, all at the World Cup. We had a lot of players in the World Cup semi-finals.
0: When I looked at the uh list on the Man United's website of the, the first of all, I just want to state for the record, I'm sure there are people listening to this who are somehow excited that Man United are back. Cannot relate. Hard, hard, cannot relate. Just wish United weren't happening this season, basically, after this World Cup. But they are, and we're going to cover it. Um, but when I looked at this list of pre-season games, the first two are against Club America and San Jose Earthquakes. And I'm pretty sure they are the exact first two teams we played in the second summer of Van Hal. If we have a season ahead, anything like what oh. that season was like... That would be real bad.
1: That would be real Um, bad, yeah. So I guess they play um, uh, Club America at uh, Santa Clara, the um, 49ers stadium, and then uh, San Jose Earthquakes about two miles away at uh, their stadium in San Jose. Um, And then what's after that? There's a game against Real Madrid, a game against AC Milan. it goes in order. So we play um, on
0: the Friday night, Thursday night, Friday morning against Club America. Then we play on the Sunday night at 10 o'clock UK time against San Jose Earthquakes. Then um, th- Wednesday night, Thursday morning against Milan. Um, and that's in the International Champions Club. In so. LA. That's, I think. These are all in America. Yeah. Then uh, Liverpool on the Saturday evening at... And that's in the big house yep. where we played Madrid the other year. Um, and then we play Madrid... Uh, on the following Wednesday, then we back to Europe for a game against uh, Bayern Munich.
1: And what jest um, there was between uh, the Bayern Twitter and the United Twitter about that game? That, that annoyed me, that did. I, I don't mind a bit of corporate banter, but it was
0: just <laughs> that, that, that it was because they called it the UCL like, um, in, instead of calling it, like, just calling it 99 or yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it was, it was wrong, wasn't it? Too corporate, too it, international. They're like, ooh, our oh, 690 million followers might not know what the Champions League is or 99. Yeah. That's right. Should so call the it, it the European Emma- Cup because that's what it is. The Madrid game is
0: in Florida now. I'm sure I remember a lot of talk about how United's preseason tours of America would be um, confined to one coast from now on. But this is
1: this is definitely coast to coast scenes, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, long old flight, um, coast so, to coast. So, so uh, it, Florida, where in Florida, north or south? Uh,
0: hold on a second. It's still it's uh, going to be hot either way. Yeah, it is. So that's the Real Madrid game. Are you, they, they don't show the venues until you click on buy tickets. Uh, that's in Miami. So hot, hot, hot. South, south Florida. The Milan game is in LA. That's oh, LA. Oh, okay, it's in Pasadena. So that's
1: yeah.
0: right. Okay, at the at the Galaxy Stadium is that? I yes, uh, Latin will be there. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. It got moved from the Rose Bowl. Okay, they didn't sell enough tickets, and it's there. now at StubHub. Right, okay.
0: How is the stadium's been named after things like that? Ne- I'll ne- it'll never sit right with me. I, I, uh, yeah, I've Sanchez. never been to
1: the StubHub Centre. <laughs> Maybe I'll go. I'll be in LA in uh, September for uh, a couple of weeks. So uh, I, I may see, go and see if I can check out Zlatan, who's still scoring again, by the way. Of course he
0: is. I mean, he was always going to score. I think Sweden should have taken Zlatan to the world. I know
1: this is a controversial opinion, but I think Zlatan is better than Marcus Burke. Anyway. Um, he is, but he it, ruins it, teams' games and Sweden did all right. Um, and Wayne Rooney yeah, made to his to, debut I, for uh, DC United the other night. Didn't score. Well,
0: well well done. Welcome, welcome to DC United. Uh, the, this season tour obviously as you said a lot of United players have gone deep into the World Cup so they'll be, they won't be there I'm sure Paul Pogba might make an appearance against Bayern in August or whatever but he's not going to be around but um, a player who won't necessarily be part of the early part of United's tour of America is someone who was not at the World Cup uh, who you would have expected to be there and that's Alexis Sanchez who can't go to America at the moment because um, he's on serving a suspended sentence for something in Spain which I didn't look up what it was but I'm going Gonna guess
1: tax. So that seems, <laughs> so, to, that seems to right. Be what so he's is. banned from traveling to America. Yeah, interesting. I, I actually hadn't seen that story. Um, look, there's there's an issue here because um, Mourinho has made quite a lot of pre-season being very important in the past. Um, he thinks having games is really vital. I, you know, if he sticks to past form, um, none of the World Cup players. So Romelu. Uh, Fellaini, uh Jesse, Phil Jones, Marcus didn't play too much, but they're still out there, and there's the mental fatigue of it. Uh, Paul yeah. Pogba, you know, all of that clutch players won't be available for the start of the season. You know, mm. there is a narrative that says he's going to have to chop and change an awful lot. A lot of the younger players are going to have to play at the start of the season. Could go badly wrong, and uh, you know, third season meltdown is going to happen.
0: <laughs> We've um, The fixtures are out, aren't they, for the first part of the season And you know, it's the first two home games on a Monday night at 8 o'clock Which um, means I'm not going to go to either of those they, they start on Friday night as well Is it away at Leicester? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, Friday, Friday at 8 and then the Monday And it's at home home on, on the Friday night, then away to Brighton And then home on the Monday night um to to Spurs after that, and yeah, I mean that that Leicester game is on the tenth of August, which is less than a month away as we record this, um because it's the sixteenth of July now, and so Pogba's Pogba is not going to be ready for that game surely after
1: the season he he had before this World Cup and then the kind of well they, they, a, they have, new, have to have two four up. weeks off, uh before getting back into light training so yeah. And that's not a lot of rest, no, is sorry. it, you know? Um, Chris morning, um, Especially we'll, as Pogba will we'll fe-
0: be partying in LA all of that time. <laughs> With Lukaku, probably. Um... Chris Morning has had the best summer out of any United player, as far as I like a pop, apart from Pogba winning the World Cup, obviously. He just looks like he's had the most amazing holiday. He went all around um, Southeast Asia. He learned to speak Vietnamese. He's been promoting veganism. He's he. I I might have to change my opinion on Chris Morning based solely on he's how he gave up the meat he's... that he went
1: bad. <laughs> It's how good he's been on social media this summer. Well, so. I mean, assuming Eric Bailly's fit, he'll start the season with Eric Bailly, I would guess. And uh, mm. um, Antonio Valencia didn't play in the World Cup, so, you know, he, he'll be available. Uh, Luke Shaw, like, yeah. Luke Shaw will not start the season because it doesn't really matter if, if Ashley Young <laughs> plays zero minutes, he will still be in the team. Um.
0: Yeah, I... I Pre season and every almost every United season since Fergie left, I've been interested in one way or another in preseason. Obviously, like I had to cover it professionally for several of those years, which forced me to watch games. I'm definitely not watching either the Club America or the San
1: Jose game, by the way.
0: Um, maybe might watch the San Jose. You're totally game gonna I'm watch I'm the San Jose.
1: To- don't, don't give me all this, <laughs> you're gonna watch it. I'm not getting up at three in the morning to watch Club America, but I'll watch it no. the next day. I'm not watching that the next day. I'm not, I am not,
0: no, I refuse. That game is going to be so bad in terms
1: of like... What about when the first uh, Angel Gomez out? scores uh, an outrageous hat-trick? One, one Rabona, one overhead and one 40-yard <laughs> free kick. I
0: will happily, happily watch the highlights of that game in GIF form. Um, yeah, but th- th- like this is the least excited I've been about in Angel Gomez as form. well.
1: Not André Gomes. Yeah. He's the rather True. ineffective forward for Portugal than AC Milan.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you'd said
1: Angel Gomes. You know, That'd be wrong as well because he's at least not yeah, really an angel, is
0: he? No, he's an angel. Um, a, a little angel, so he is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how anyone can be excited about this season. I really don't. I mean, there is natural pre-season optimism which is a normal thing among football fans but the signing of Fred Diogo Dalot and Lee
1: Grant I don't think <laughs> is going to close the gap on um, no it's definitely not and um which is another sign of meltdown coming I mean you you got to presume that in the next uh three and uh well three weeks basically um uh you know Woodward's is has the hammer on him, you know, Mourinho's hammer. Do deals by left-back, probably by centre-back, by right-sided forward.
0: And if he doesn't, it's all just going to be so miserable. I had a dream we signed Gareth Bale, an actual literal dream that Man United signed Gareth Bale. Still
1: possible, of course, still possible. Um, there was yeah. one, uh, Phil Brown, um, of... Um, beyond the pitch uh, was saying that was one where Mourinho was like I've prioritised other stuff so that's your business but don't take my budget away I don't know whether that's true or not but uh, he's got to meet uh, his new manager and find out whether he's going to be in the team or not yeah I mean Ronaldo's gone
0: Imagine rocking up to Real Madrid and going, oh, "I can't be bothered with Gareth Bale. He's so good. What's wrong? I, like, I don't get what's wrong with people. He's amazing. I was worried about his ankles, but he's, you know, pretty okay last season, wasn't he? So, anyway, that's is that enough? I think that's that, it. I guess this is it now. There's no no more
1: nice podcasts where we don't have to talk about United. No, but um, when when are we starting the actual um, the actual weekly podcast again? Are, are we doing it through the summer tour?
0: Yes, we are. So we are not going to do... We're going to do a podcast today, this one, which is the week commencing the 16th. We're not going to do one the week commencing the 23rd, but we'll be back um, the week after, the week commencing the 30th. So United will have played... Club America, San Jose Earthquakes, um, Milan, and Liverpool. By that time, we'll have a little chat about that, and then there'll still be the the Bayern friendly to come, and then then the the real stuff. The real stuff starts, long starts. after that. It's
1: never ending, is it?
0: Yeah. I, so, and then that'll be weekly podcasts, unless something terrible happens to me. I, again. I don't know about um, you, but
1: I'm thoroughly looking forward to Burnley nil, United nil, pissing it down <laughs> on a Thursday night. <laughs> with Scott McTominay up front. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming No, no, no. No, no. Yeah. Jose's coming home. Burnley away.
0: Anti-football's coming home. Um, Burnley away Saturday the 1st of September.
1: All right. Um, Very good. Well, uh, it's been a great World well, Cup. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, even if you bloody French won. Yes. Honestly,
0: I was so sad when England lost and um, so, so, so happy when France won the World Cup yesterday. Like it was just, it was, it was amazing because, you know, I mean, it's been 20 years. That's quite a long time, 20 years since they last won one. And the fact that it was, it was, uh, Pogba was so at the heart of it made it such a kind of special event. Um so yeah.
1: Very good. Well, um I hope you've enjoyed listening to our special World Cup rank um, uh looking at the numbers. Lots of you tuned in, so uh, that might just be uh, it auto-downloading from the subscribers on iTunes and none of you actually <laughs> listened. We don't know, but I'm going to tell myself that you did bother and we like to talk about it anyway. So um, it's been yeah. fun and uh, I'm thoroughly looking forward to digesting United's absolutely pointless summer tour of the United States. Perhaps we could pick out best commercial arrangement. Um, uh, LAUGHTER <laughs> (laughs) 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 Yeah, we're going to do best 11 of the
0: tour, we're going to do goal of the tour, we're going to treat the tour like it's the World Cup as a sort of methadone. Um, I wanted to give extra special thanks to producer Tom, who both convinced us to give the um, bonus content away for free last week and also uh, turned it into something really, really special by taking the time to put the music together and all that. It was very good. It's almost like he's a pro at these things. Yeah, almost, almost. Um, but the fact that he's a pro at these things and still takes the time to make our show good uh, is is brilliant. So, yeah, as Ed says, thanks to everyone for listening during the World Cup. It's been an absolutely wonderful World Cup and um, we'll see you in four years. No, we won't. We'll see you in two years where we'll do the Euros. See you then. Bye now. Thanks for listening, everybody. In order that we don't have to sell ourselves to the various advertisers who choose to advertise on podcasts, we decided that we would make the RankCast a crowdfunded thing. Um, if you want to back the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash rankcast last week you got a taste of um what the bonus content is like i have to say in order to not be doing uh, false advertising here that was a particularly good example thanks to tom's excellent work um but we've done bonus content again this week as we do every week and uh, this week we tried to pick an all-time world cup 11 because i'm just not ready to let the world cup go yet
1: he was, like, oh, was he good? He was good. Did he have to do anything? Because Spain <laughs> had like 95% possession for the whole tournament. No, that's true. 2006,
0: Buffon. Ooh, I'm tempting myself here, Ed. I'm tempting myself with a Gigi. I'm trying to think, how good was he in 2006? I believe he was very
1: good in 2006. That is my memory of it. Did he redefine the category? I mean, because there's a lot of, you know, misty-eyedness. I've used that word a few too many times in today's podcast, (laughs) but about Buffon because he's just retiring and, you know, got to the end of his career. Was he great in 2006? Was he category redefining like Neuer was in many ways? I mean, Neuer's category redefining went a bit wrong this time around, didn't it? We might as well have René Aguita in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it still, still tickles me now. Um, All right, let's have
0: let's let's have noise so we can move on from talking about defenders and goalkeepers because that's boring.